Sarah Kamiani, and I'm so excited to welcome you to my new podcast, Redemption Times, where we will discuss all things related to redemption. We're going to explore ways to achieve a personal redemption from whatever it is that we're struggling with in our lives. And I also want to connect personal redemption to the topic of global redemption or the final redemption or what we call in Hebrew the Geula. Because what I've discovered through my own growth and learning is that personal redemption and global redemption are deeply connected with each other in very fascinating ways. And I'm really excited to explore these ideas with you. Now, before we start, I first want to clarify that though I'll be speaking primarily through the prism of Jewish wisdom, the ideas being presented are not just relevant to Jews. They are universal principles that apply to all people. And though some of the ideas might be easier to understand for those with a Torah-observant Jewish background, I will do my best to speak in a language that's accessible to everyone. So with all that in mind, let's jump right in. As I was preparing this podcast, something kept coming into my mind. The famous first paragraph of the Serenity Prayer. And it goes like this. God... Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. The reason it kept coming up for me is because I kept marveling that it is only until recently that I began to appreciate the significance of that last line, the wisdom to know the difference, the wisdom to know the difference between what I can't change and what I can This past year has been a journey for me as I've come to learn more about the power God gave every one of us to take charge of our destiny and live life by design rather than by default. We all experience struggle and hardship in our lives, and the question is always, how should we respond? And the answer really depends on what type of struggle we're dealing with. There are some hardships that are a decree from heaven that cannot be altered. And how we deal with those would fall under the category of learning to accept things. But what I want to focus on now are other types of struggles. I think that there are many hardships that we treat as if it's a decree without realizing that we actually have a lot of power to change our situation. And we might say things like, that's just how it is. Life isn't perfect. Or even virtuous sounding things like, Whatever God wants, it's all for the best. And obviously, those ideas are all true. But sometimes we can overextend those ideas and use them to justify complacency. We have other statements like, which is the Jewish expression that refers to the expected pain that accompanies raising children. And then there's, Life is so expensive. How do people do it? Or any of the myriad of statements and jokes that relate to marriage. Okay, that's always a popular one. Then there's the shidduch system, the Jewish dating system. It's stacked against girls. Now, sure, these statements may be true, but they can also encourage misplaced acceptance of a negative situation. So any of these type of statements are problematic when they become disempowering beliefs that prevent us from activating our full bechira or choice and bringing about miracles in our lives. 
And what I want everyone to know is that we are all capable and worthy of bringing miracles into our lives. So let's talk about change. The first step towards change is something that we've all heard before. Take responsibility for your own predicament. And sometimes this idea makes a lot of sense. We can really see how things we're doing are self-destructive. And in those cases, it's obvious that it would be petty to blame another person or a flawed system for a problem. But many times, I think we can legitimately see ourselves as a victim of circumstance or a victim of other people's behavior or a flawed system or God's will. So what does it mean to take responsibility in those cases? And here I want to share one of the most empowering and clarifying ideas that I've probably ever learned, and it is the following. Your inner reality affects your outer reality. In other words, your outer reality will consistently adjust to match your inner reality. This means that the most powerful thing you could do to change your life is to change your inner reality. What constitutes our inner reality? Well, from my personal understanding, based on what I've been learning, it includes anything under the broad umbrella term of thoughts and emotions. So it includes our beliefs, our perceptions and perspectives. It's what we value or don't value. It's how we manage our emotions or don't manage our emotions. It's how we view ourselves, how we view others, how we view God. And these metaphysical realities inside us, they attract to us, they draw to us physical realities that are around us. So basically, we are all a bunch of living, breathing magnets. And the only question is, what are we pulling in towards us? So how do we change our inner reality? The first step is to set intentions for what we want. To have a clear desire. In Hebrew, we call it Ratzon. And our Ratzon is the basis for everything. And then we follow up on those desires and intentions with appropriate steps that not only directly address our physical environment, but also addresses our inner world, our thoughts. Now, I was feeling really excited by what I was learning because not only did the ideas resonate with me, but I saw that when I applied it to my life, it really worked. And as I was learning, I was also looking for concrete Torah sources for these ideas so that my perspective stays within an authentic Torah framework. And I discovered that Judaism actually has many sources for these ideas, and I'm looking forward to sharing many of them in the future. But for now, I want to bring up one of the most classic Torah sources that teach us about the power that we have for good or for bad. And this source comes from the Torah portion of Balak. In this Torah portion, we learn about the king of Moab, whose name was Balak, and he wanted to fight the Jews. But he knew that he would not be able to be successful because the Jews were too blessed. So he decided to hire a prophet whose name was Bilaam, to curse the Jews. And at first, when Bilaam speaks to God, God tells him, don't do it. But then God tells him, okay, you could do it. But he sends an angel to stop him, to make it difficult for him. 
And at first, Bilam isn't getting the hint. But eventually, when he does realize what's going on, the angel says to him, you know what? It's fine. You could go. Just go. And the question is, why did the angel tell Bilam to go? Because we know that Bilam wasn't supposed to go and curse the Jews. So why didn't the angel say, okay, go do it? Sarashi, the Torah commentator, famously answers this question by quoting the Talmud, which says the following that in the person that in the way I'm sorry, that in the way that a person desires to go, they lead him there. And the Maharsha asks a question on the use of the word they. Who is they that's helping a person get to where he wants to go? Right? It says that in the way that a person desires to go, they lead him there. Who's they? And the Maharsha answers that they refers to malachim that are created based on the results of a person's will. Because, as he explains, every thought you have, every spoken word you utter, and every action you take creates for you malachim. And they then lead you in the direction of your desire. So what are malachim? Most people typically translate the word malachim as angels, but the word angel doesn't explain much. The Hebrew word malachim more literally translates as messengers, and they are spiritual forces that act as a conduit or channel for the flow of divine energy. So to summarize this idea, our thoughts, speech, and actions, which are all a direct result of our rut zone, our will, create for us forces of energy or channels of divine influence which lead us in the direction of our desires. So what we see here is that God set up the world in such a way that, to a large extent, we can really get what we want, for good or for bad. And we also see that our inner world, our thoughts, are tremendously powerful in this process. Our thoughts can press the accelerator to get to where we want, or they can press the brake pedal on our desires. And this is important because what it means is that we can really want something and we could be praying and begging for what we want without realizing that what we're thinking, the stuff that's going on inside of us, can be pushing us in the opposite direction of what we want. And it's not always the usual suspects that's creating problems for us. For example, we all know that things like anger, jealousy, being judgmental and gossiping are all very destructive. But sometimes the problem with us is not so obvious. Maybe it's that I need to be more assertive or develop healthier boundaries in my relationships. Perhaps I need to work on my self-esteem because my lack of value for myself is blocking me from being a vessel to receive blessings. Maybe instead of giving up and convincing myself to be sameach becholko, or happy with my lot, I should instead raise my standards because my standards are very low and these low standards are coming from a negative place in me. And then there's the topic of money. Sometimes... In addition to having faith and doing my usual hishtadlas, the usual effort, perhaps I am also expected to take the time to better understand the nature of money and how money operates in this world so that I can work smarter and not spin my wheels. 
Maybe my problems with my children are not min hashamayim from heaven, but rather due to a flaw in me that is extending outwards to them. Perhaps fear is preventing me from taking risks or rocking the boat when the boat needs to be rocked. And fear is a big one because from what I've been learning, it is very difficult for redemption to come when we operate from a place of fear. And similarly, anxiety and depression, even if not on a clinical level, it creates an inner turmoil that can cause a lot of challenges in our outer reality. Then there's pessimism, being easily triggered, being dishonest, not only with others, but with ourselves about our intentions. Maybe we need to better differentiate between being supportive versus being an enabler. And sometimes the problem is that we need to better differentiate between being empowered versus being controlling. Basically, anything that stops us from getting to a better place in life can be considered a character flaw that needs to be worked on. So how do we know what to do? How do we know what to work on? So first I want to point out that this is obviously a huge topic and something that I am of course still learning. And I had actually originally prepared this particular podcast episode as a class for women in my synagogue and it was scheduled to be a short 15 minute lecture. And it is that lecture that I am recording now. And my intention for that lecture was just to bring awareness to this topic because once we have a seed planted in our mind, we are really capable of going very far with it. But since giving that class, I set an intention for myself to teach these ideas in greater depth in future classes, which is how this podcast got started. So I do plan to address these issues more in depth in the future. But for now, I want to leave you with one last thought that I think is foundational. And that is that The first thing we need to know in trying to help ourselves, and really this comes before taking responsibility and before setting intentions, the first thing we need to know is that we need God. We need to consider God a crucial partner in our journey and talk to him all the time. Now, as a side note, if you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't really believe in God or prayer or any of that religious stuff, Keep in mind that I do plan to address all of these topics uh, on a deeper level in the future. Right now, I'm just giving an introduction. But for now, I want to reiterate that in trying to help ourselves, we need to ask God for proper guidance in nurturing the right desires and ask for guidance on what we need to do and work on to achieve our goals. And specifically, we need to pray that we should be an open vessel to receive so that we can receive all of the messages and all of the opportunities and the support and the wisdom that God wants to give us because he can literally be throwing help at us from every direction. But if we don't make ourselves an open vessel to receive it, it's all for nothing. And also don't be afraid of how do I know if what I'm doing is right? What if I'm getting it wrong? We need to trust that God is on our side. He wants to help us. And if we partner with him, then he's on our team. It says in the Talmud that one who comes to purify himself, meaning one who wants to do good, they help him from heaven. And one who comes to defile himself, meaning one who wants to do bad, they open for him. What does it mean they open? It means they let it be an option. There's permission. 
So if you want to do bad, that's an option because God doesn't interfere with our free will. But if we want to be on a good path, trust that God will help help us. And one last thing before I go, I want to share that if anyone listening feels that they'd like to learn more about this topic in a serious and systematic way, I do have a couple of recommendations for courses that are available or will hopefully be available soon. First, a woman that has had a great impact on me is Dina Friedman from the Dina Friedman Academy. And she has a course called the Power Series that I heard terrific things about and I cannot wait to take it, but it's currently unavailable, though hopefully it will become available again soon. And there's another woman I enjoy learning from. Her name is Devorah Sisso, and she is currently running two courses that seem to be similar to the Power Series. And they are called Breakthrough One and Breakthrough Two. And I have included links to both of these websites in the description of this episode. And of course, as I already mentioned, these ideas are one of the main themes of this podcast, so you will be able to learn more about them here. So that's all for now. I want to thank you so much for listening. It is really my honor to have you join me here. And until next time, I want to wish you all the best. Take care. Thank you.